Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got a, another great episode for you. Uh, we'll touch on, of course, some college basketball. Uh, Massachusetts going live with uh, mobile sports betting later this week. Uh, but first, I thought we would talk a little uh, NFL, which I realize is weird to do in in uh, March, but uh, I thought there was some some noteworthy stuff going on uh, this past week, um, specifically talking about the odds for who will be selected first overall. Uh, so after the college football regular season ended, sports books released odds on, on who the first pick will be. Uh, Bryce Young opened as the favorite, followed by players like C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Jalen Carter, and Will Anderson. Uh, of course, the Bears uh, have the first pick. Um, they don't need a quarterback. However, they're, you know, they could possibly draft a quarterback and then, and then trade Justin Fields. Or I think the more uh, common line of thinking is that they will end up trading uh, the first pick to a team that is very desperate uh, for quarterback. Um, but in, when the odds came out, uh, I mentioned who the favorites were. But if you went down the odds board, uh, Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson was 200 to 1 uh, back in December. Uh, a prop swap customer placed a $150 bet at 200 to 1. So that ticket has a collect amount of $30,000. Um, and then this past weekend, uh, quarterbacks worked out at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Um, and among those quarterbacks, Richardson ranked first in height, first in weight, uh, as well as 40-yard dash, broad jump, and vertical, where he set the Combine record uh, for quarterbacks uh, in, the, in the vertical jump. Uh, and as a result... Anthony Richardson's odds are now down to five to one to be selected first overall. Uh, Bryce Young is still the favorite, uh, and C.J. Stroud is second favorite. But two hundred to one down to five to one uh, only after you know a combine workout, uh, and so that hundred fifty dollar ticket would now sell for five thousand uh, dollars on PropSwap, uh, and so. Obviously, we're not doing stake or swap right now, but would you? What are your thoughts on on the Anthony Richards uh, hype train right now? And and what would you do if you if you held that ticket? Sell as quickly as humanly possible, and and you know, I guess that's kind of two questions. First question to me is like, is he going to go number one overall? I highly doubt it. And then the next question to me, just putting my my GM hat on, like, is this guy going to be worth us spending? the number one overall pick on him. Like, I just can't, I can't get behind that. Like uh, 13 total starts at Florida. He's from Gainesville. I feel like maybe he kind of got overlooked because he was from Gainesville. Like, make no mistake, I agree with you. Watching the tape of the combat, like this guy's an absolute freak of nature. Like, he is an incredible, incredible athlete. But that's not what it takes to be quarterback. Uh, in the NFL, you got to have leadership, you got to be organized, you got to be smart, you got to study like there's a ton of things that go into it that are off the field that make you successful. So I would sell this thing. Um, I just this happens all the time where like a quarterback or some receiver has a really good combine and just shoots up the draft board. But from a GM perspective, I just I would not pick him number one. So just by devil's advocate, I'm going to I'm going to rattle off a couple questions. One, do you think a quarterback will go number one? 
Yes. Number two, are you uber confident in Bryce Young uh, being a you know lock to be a better NFL quarterback than the other guys, given his you know height, weight, stature? Uh, enough. Uh, I'm not fully sold, but enough to say that Bryce Young will be better than Anthony Richardson in the NFL. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, I would tend to agree. I think Bryce Young is the safer bet. However, um, I would not put if you now that we know he is a athletic freak and and I think we knew that before that we you know that that opening game against Utah he was amazing. Um, but let's also not discount the fact that Bryce Young plays for Alabama. He is loaded with weapons on the line at running back, receivers defense so you know i get that a win-loss record in college definitely means something but you you know it's not exactly apples to apples here right i mean alabama is just such a better you know more talented team same thing with ohio state and cj stroud so it's like i would not necessarily say say these guys are you know playing on a on a level playing field when you could you know compare their their college seasons um but again that being said I think I think Bryce Young is is a great quarterback. He he always did find ways to win when you know their defense was not good last year, uh, and he was able to to bring them back. But um, I would sell as well. But I really do think there is a a you know if if the odds are five to one, and so you're telling me that there's a you know a sixteen percent chance that that he's drafted uh, first overall. I would say yeah, that's that's about right. I think I think there is a sixteen percent chance. Um, I think we'll know more when when and if. The Bears do trade that first pick, and who who is the team? You know, I could see the Colts and Jim Irsay doing something crazy stupid. Um, but if it's a team like Seattle or, or something like that, um, you know, maybe you know they, they had success with Russell Wilson, who is you know kind of the same body type. So um, you know, we'll see. But uh, I, I do I, I think I give Anthony Richardson a, a better chance than than you do. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, so obviously more to come on that. Uh, the draft is in April, I believe. So we still have like two months, you know, two full, full months of of dissecting this uh, before we uh, we actually get there. Um, but yeah, obviously I would turn one hundred fifty dollars into five thousand uh, dollars right now, and then you know use some of that money to uh, to, to make a new to make a new uh, Richardson bet. Um, moving on, uh, talk a little college basketball. Uh, we are less than a week away from Selection Sunday. Uh, I'm getting excited. I got goosebumps over here just thinking about um, that Thursday and Friday of, of the opening week. Um, and so I thought when I was looking at you know the odds and the teams, two teams stood out to me um, that I think are going to be just interesting teams to, to follow, you know, question marks, but at the same time could, could uh, seriously make a run. Uh, the first team is Marquette who opened the season at 250 to 1 uh, uh odds to win the championship. They are currently at 25 to 1 to win the championship and a 3 seed according to uh Joe Lenardi. Uh and then the second team is St. Mary's uh who opened at 120 to 1 odds to win the championship, currently at 35 to 1 and a 5 seed according to uh Joe Lenardi. Um Marquette's head coach Shaka Smart, he is one of the leading candidates for coach of the year. Obviously, he had success at VCU uh, and led them to the Final Four. He had some success early on at Texas, but obviously didn't work out there uh, long-term. And then St. Mary's, um, 
they're in an interesting spot because typically they're second fiddle in that conference to Gonzaga, but uh, this year's is a different story. St. Mary's is kind of the 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 favorite to to win the conference tournament and to um, and to really kind of succeed Gonzaga as as that team coming out of of that conference. Um, what what stands out to you uh, as we are, are less than a week away from uh, Selection Sunday? Yeah, I mean, being in Chicago, um, Marquette, of course, in Milwaukee, about an hour and a half north, like they get a lot of love down here. It's you know, Chicago is probably the most popular city for the alumni to to reside in post college. I I like him. I I like Shaka Smart. I think he's a really talented coach. Um, you know, my goodness, if you got them at a hundred to one, like you got a you're in a great position right now that they are clearly one of the biggest movers of of this season and then St. Mary's like I've I always pencil this team in to win one or two rounds in the tournament um probably from my time living in San Francisco just you know they're an East Bay um located team about about 45 minutes east of San Francisco um really good basketball team they tended to choke I kind of I kind of pick up to make a nice little run consistently and I'm consistently wrong so um perhaps this is the year where they finally pay off but I like both those teams, man. Like, um, I think both are really well coached teams. They're organized. They've, um, to your point, Gonzaga finally in a down year. Like this, this could be uh, a nice time where St. Mary's has some confidence and and can make uh, you know two or three game run. Yeah, uh, totally agree about the St. Mary's being like that really uh, well organized uh, you know team that doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Uh, just a quick look up. Uh, St. Mary's ranks fourth of the country in terms of points allowed, um, first in the country in assists allowed. So, um, yeah, they're definitely going to be could be a scary team um, that, you know, they make up maybe for like a size deficit uh, by just being really well, well, well disciplined. Um, by the way, I was going to ask who, who gets more love in Chicago, uh, Marquette or Northwestern? <laughs> oh, gosh, that's uh, like being the best restaurant in, in a bad part of town. Um <laughs> I'll I'll lean Northwestern just because the suburb I'm from has a bunch of dads who were were alumni and they kind of got me onto it. I'll I'll say Northwestern. Um, <laughs> there was there was some steam on them a month or so ago. They've they've quieted down over the past couple of weeks. Um, but they'll probably get in. I think I think Northwestern oh, yeah. will, will get oh, yeah. in. So they're they're currently a seven seed. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, it's good to have, you know, clearly the Chicago athletes, the high school athletes are going all over the Midwest and to Duke and North Carolina. John Shire, of course, head coach of Duke's big, uh, big Chicago high school kid. Um, but all, all the Chicago talent leaves. So it'd be nice to have Northwestern be dominant and have some of those kids stay around. Yeah. Um, my memory from the last time Northwestern made the tournament, which was like the first time in decades, was uh, they lost a heartbreaker to some team. I forget who it was, but there was that uh, crying kid uh, in, in the stands um, who be- instantly became a meme. So uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing uh, another, if Northwestern makes it, another one of those, uh, maybe he'll re- make a return uh, to, their, to their first round game. Uh, and then moving on, um, Big news in Massachusetts this week. Uh, mobile sports betting goes live this Friday. Uh, of course, in-person betting uh, has been live since uh, late January. We had Sammy P uh, on the podcast uh, a couple days before that started. Um, so as of right now, uh, seven sports books are set to launch uh, on Friday uh, with their mobile apps. Caesars, BetMGM, WinBet, 
Barstool, FanDuel, DraftKings, and Better. Uh, that's spelled B-E-T-R. Uh, that, of course, is Jake Paul's uh, sports book uh, that he's heavily involved with. Uh, three other sports books have been approved, but say they won't be live uh, until later this year or early next year. Uh, that is BallyBet. Betway and Fanatics, who we've talked about uh, a bunch on this podcast. Um, and then one other thing to note, uh, PointsBet was approved uh, for a license, but uh, last week decided to withdraw their application, uh, which uh, was pretty noteworthy because you just do not see that that often, uh, especially for a sports book who is live in so many states. Uh, and to go through the, the hassle and the process and the cost of, of getting approved, obviously you don't have to pay the, the, the license fee anymore, um, but that was definitely um, a, a newsworthy thing. So uh, of all those things, what, what stands out to you the most? Um, either the better going live there relative to fanatics missing at least this first wave, like a little bit difference in, in capital, um, accessible there. Fanatics, of course, $30 billion plus company can't go live by this first week, wherever and else is going live better is able to do it. And then points bet withdrawing like points bet again, bets the Chicago thing, like being in Chicago points bet is everywhere. They're on bus stops, they're on TV ads, they're on radio ads, like all over Chicago. Um, I know in, in Colorado, they're they're sizable too. So interesting that they've withdrawn out of mass. I, you know, you and I have talked in this podcast many, many times. Like to me, mass is going to be so interesting to see how that unfolds. Of course, you have FanDuel, the behemoth, their market leader in every state. DraftKings started in uh, Boston, still headquartered there. Barstool, of course, started in Boston, still headquartered there. Well, not headquartered there, but you know their roots are in Boston. Um, Bar- Barstool actually moving to Chicago this summer. We can talk about that in a later podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, just super interesting state. Of course, Encore has the the nearest casino to Boston, so really, really cool. Can't wait to see the results, and it all starts this week, just in time for March Madness. Yeah, um, I would agree. Uh, the the fanatics thing just still kind of baffles me because uh, I've yet to see data that that shows that you can join a state nine months after they go live and, and pick up significant market share. I mean, every, all every data shows that like pretty much whatever sports book or maybe two or three sports books customers choose in the beginning, they pretty much stick with those. Um, and, you know, I, Michael Rubin and Fanatics the, seem to have the utmost confidence that uh, they will be able to utilize their, their database of, of customers who have bought merchandise uh, and immediately turn them into sports uh, betting customers. I'm really looking forward to seeing what what exactly is that they're going to offer to to get people to switch uh, from the FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGMs of the world. Um, but it's it is crazy to me that the that they have this confidence and and more power to them that um, they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to go live now. We're not going to go live next month going to be late 2023 maybe early 2024 we'll see um i just that that doesn't uh i just i don't see how that how that's going to work out because we've yet to see that work in any other states where a company joins late and then all of a sudden starts gaining even more than five or ten percent of the of the market share um and then on the points bet thing yeah totally i i live in denver um they are all over ball arena where the the uh abs and and uh, Nuggets play um, tons of commercials on on TV, uh, and so part of the expl- the explanation that they gave, which was obviously in a, in a very well crafted you know PR type of statement, was that uh, they wanted to focus on the markets they are currently in, um, which 
I interpret it as, look, like it's why are we going to, you know, they don't want to throw, you know, a bunch of money at a state where they feel as though they're going to have the, 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 uh, you know, not have the upper hand, right? You just mentioned DraftKings headquarter there, Barstool, you know, started there. Uh, actually, uh, I saw on Instagram the other day, uh, Dave Portnoy put out like a, a commercial that I think they're going to plan on running. And it's him being interviewed in this kind of like serious, like TV type of interview. And he's like, we, like, we've always been a Boston company, you know, like half of our employees are, you know, have Boston ties. And like, the thing was like, the caption was like, bet with the home book or whatever. Like it was, they're, they're really trying to brand themselves as like them being the hometown company versus obviously uh, DraftKings. And so, um, you know, going up against those guys, when, uh, you know, has an established presence with their casinos so close to Boston. Um, so, you know, the fact that points bet is deciding that, um, it's not going to be worth it to to throw all that money is is kind of interesting, and I wonder if that's going to be a a sign of things to come. Because, as you just said, Massachusetts could could be and should be a massive state for uh, for handle. Um, and then the the other kind of interesting thing was uh, they've they've been crafting the rules over the past couple months, um, and one of the rules is. On, on, in terms of betting on college sports, um, betting on college sports uh, is allowed except for in-state schools. Uh, however, uh, betting is allowed on in-state schools if they're playing in a national tournament, which obviously includes uh, March Madness. Uh, I, I was going through the teams. Um, it doesn't really, you know, unless a small team, you know, wins their tournament, I don't think there's going to be any um, t- uh, teams from Massachusetts in, uh, in, in March Madness, but... Um, I'll, I'll you, you can go first. What, what are your thoughts when when you hear that that rule? It laughable. Um, you know, it's it's very well established that you need to allow for legal sports betting because that's how you're going to catch people that are throwing games. Because now we know where the bets came from and we know who to call if all of a sudden we see some weird behavior in a you know Harvard basketball game. Um, so ridiculous rule. Now, having said that. Massachusetts is known for its colleges. Like they take, um, I believe they have uh, Boston as the most colleges for any city uh, on a per capita basis. Um, so I get it. Like you got Harvard, you get MIT, you get BU. You have a lot of prestigious schools out there. You want to protect them. Like if that's the logic, and uh, you know you really this is solely to like protect the student athletes. Agree with the logic, disagree with the execution. From my point made earlier, but. Um, you know, again, if it's, if this is like trying to keep the prestige of the Boston universities and okay. Um, and, but by the way, the same kind of rule exists in Illinois, right? Can, can't you not bet on Illinois colleges, uh, in Chicago? Correct. I don't think you can even bet on them if they're playing in a national tournament. I think that's right. A specific mass thing. I think if you want to bet on university of Illinois, or, you know, Northwestern, like we talked about earlier, going to the tournament, like, doesn't matter if they're playing in March Madness or not, like, can't bet Northwestern. Right. Um, yeah, so here, my take is it's it's completely ridiculous. Uh, it's completely uh, contradictory. So if you're saying that if Duke, you know, is goes up and plays Boston College in an ACC game, you can't bet on that. But if Boston College is in the tournament uh, and playing, you know, 
whoever West Virginia or whatever in, in, in a first round game, that's okay to bet on like that. That makes absolutely no sense. The reason why, you know, I'm, I'm assuming the reason why they put this rule in is that they don't want, you know, betters to be going to college kids to throw games, right? Because, you know, you don't get paid any money. Although obviously that's changed a little, a little bit with NIL, but essentially they're saying that, um, you know, they don't want sports betters to go to them and say, Hey, here's 5,000, $10,000, you know, point shave this game. How is that? Okay, first of all, I mean that that's ridiculous because guess what? That was happening way before legalized sports betting. In fact, there even was a, there was a scandal with with Boston College uh, and and point shaving. So whether it's legal or not, you know, or illegal, that that still could happen. Uh, and to your first point, the best way to catch this is for the licensed operators to be like, hey, we are noticing abnormal activity on this game. Uh, There's specifically a company that is ran by my former boss, Matt Holt, uh, called U.S. Integrity, and their sole job is to be working with leagues, teams, conferences, and sports books to monitor all of the wagering activity. Because guess what? If if someone's point shaving, word gets out, okay? People are very bad at keeping these types of secrets, and maybe you get away with it, you know, one or two times, but, you know, criminals never don't know when to stop, and it will, you know, the weird word will get out, and there'll be so much money on one side that it will raise flags. So um, the fact that you would ban college betting, I think, is ridiculous and almost uh, encourages it to happen even more because illegal books are the only ones taking action on, on a Boston or a Massachusetts game. Uh, and then the second point is to, you know, again, what, what's the difference between Boston college playing Duke in an ACC game versus West Virginia in a tournament game that makes no sense. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I wish I could sit in the rooms with these regulators and like, and try and walk them off this ledge. And look, I think it comes from a good place, right? Protecting, college kids from you know being berated by betters or like trying to uh you know having betters uh come to them with you know mud cash and and lunch bags or whatever i i get that but um i think in a lot of things in this country prohibition doesn't work Mm -hmm. uh and in fact it just and it just moves underground so um i uh I, i i just don't get that rule at all um but guess what the rest of us can can bet on college basketball uh, and uh, the tournament coming up. Uh, so I think it's time uh, for that part of the show for Stake or Swap. In news we broke earlier this show, the tournament is next week. Uh, but before that uh, are the conference tournaments. Um, and as we talked about last week, I think it's important to pay attention to the bubble teams who need to win their way in. Um, and so with that being said, uh, the first team we're going to talk about is Providence to win the Big East tournament at 16 to 1. Uh, this, of course, is not a bubble team. Uh, was ranked 20th uh last week uh but i'll go first uh i am staking providence to win their conference tournament at 16 to 1 uh this team had a great start to the season uh they started 14 and 3 with quality wins over yukon who was number four at the time uh as well as marquette and creighton uh but they are limping into this tournament uh having lost three of the last four games um but this team can put up points uh they rank 25th in the country in points per game 18th in rebounds uh, they have a first round buy um, in 
in the tournament, uh, and they will play UConn in the quarterfinals on Thursday. Um, and ironically, UConn is the favorite to win this tournament, even though uh, the they're not the highest seed. Um, but here's a stat I like that I think could could prove well for them in this game against UConn. Uh, Providence ranks first in the conference in free throws, uh, and UConn is one of the worst teams in terms of fouls committed uh, with over 18 fouls per game, which is 275th in the country. Um, so for those reasons, I am staking Providence to win the Big East tournament at 16-1, to 1, and I may sprinkle a little bit on uh, Providence to win the championship at 125-1. to 1. Great. Good find on value. Um, I will swap Providence to win the Big East tournament. A um, couple of reasons. And to, like I said earlier, that's excellent value. 15 to 1 to win a conference tournament is crazy. So good research there. Uh, two reasons. One, love Xavier. I think Sean Miller just didn't. He got. He didn't have an, a large enough sample size at Arizona, and I realized he was there for like 12 years, so it's like, how much time do we give him? But I still believe in that guy. I think he's a really good coach. Um, and like we talked about Marquette. I think Marquette's a really, really good basketball team this year. Love Shaka Smart. I think they've got a shot to win. And then to your point, we haven't even got to UConn, who's the favorite. Uh, and then last, I think Villanova's got a shot. I, you know, For them, and I, they have not had a great season, for sure. They're like barely above 500. Um, they are, um, 16 and 15 this year. So definitely a down year, but like, I don't know. I, my mind is like Jay Wright had to recruit a really good job in Philadelphia. Philadelphia high school sports is, is solid. So some of those kids will be able to pull off an upset. So for all those reasons, I'll swap Providence at 15 to one. Yeah. Um, well, all fair points and Xavier would be my, my second pick. Um, and, if, if you remember correctly with Sean Miller at Arizona, um, he, he would do really well in the conference tournaments. It was, it was the big dance that I feel like we, we, we did not do well. So um, Xavier would be my, my, my second pick in that. Uh, next up, um, we will switch to some March Madness odds. Uh, the favorite right now is Houston at 6-1. to one. Um, They've been the favorite for, for quite some time now in comparison to other teams. So, uh, Luke, I will start with you. Are you staking or swapping Houston at six to one? Yeah. So I am going to swap Houston at six to one. And here's why I will start this by saying this is the best team. Like I firmly believe Houston is the best basketball team this year. However, as we've discussed at length in this podcast, it's been since the early nineties that this many number one teams have lost in a given college basketball season. Therefore there's going to be a ton of upsets in this tournament. And I just can't back a team at low, like approaching, you know, five to one odds. And we're not even at selection Sunday yet. Like I just, I just don't get it again. They are my favorite team, but that number in my opinion should be like 10 or 12 to one. And you're only getting six to one on Houston. They have a loss to temple. Their conference isn't that good. It's the AAC. I bet you most people can't even name what conference Houston is in the American athletic conference. Um, so that loss to temple, not a great conference, just not enough bang for your buck at six to one. I'll, I'll swap Houston. Yeah. Um, those are fair points. Uh, according to Joe Lenardi, uh, the American conference is only going to have two teams. Um, so that was your point. 
about not having green competition, but I am going to stake Houston uh, at at six to one. Um, you know, when I think about stake or swap, I think about you know where has there been kind of drastic change and like you know trying to you know timing a stock basically and being like okay this is the time to cash out because this thing could you know fall to zero. Houston opened. Did you know Houston opened the season at eight and a half to one? Yeah, I mean, like they, the they have been they have been a a pretty big favorite the entire season. So if let's just say I got them at eight and a half to one, this is I you know I've ridden this long and you know where is really my value in, in giving up and giving up now. Um, when I look at Lenardi's bracket as of right now, obviously you know he's good in terms of saying who's in, who's out, and and what seeds. The the placement isn't you know isn't exactly where he is is great but you know the in in the region that um Lenardi has him in Texas is the two seed um and uh Tennessee's the three seed Yukon's the four seed St. Mary's is the five seed you know none of those teams exactly scare me um and so for those reasons I just don't see the I'm just not scared right too scared right now uh and so Look, am I am I going to go out and place a, a large wager at, at six to one? Maybe not exactly. I think you can wait on that a little bit. But uh, if I'm if I've been holding a Houston ticket, I'm sticking with it. So I'm staking Houston. Um, so they, that will do it. One quick revision on Northwestern. So Northwestern did win their first round game. I was going to say I thought they won their game. So two thousand. Okay, it was, it was yeah second round game. So two thousand seventeen. They beat Vanderbilt 68-66, and then the next time they lost the number one Gonzaga 73-79. So heartbreaker right. to the one seed. That's right. Um, okay, yeah, Northwestern Vanderbilt. Uh, that is that is a, that is a battle of, of GPAs uh, <laughs> right. in, in that matchup. Um, so uh, that will do it for this week's episode. Uh, by this, by the time you hear us next week, we will have our brackets uh, ready to go. Uh, and I could not be more excited. So uh, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to tweet at, tweet at us uh, at PropSwap or drop a note in our inbox, info at PropSwap.com. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating, and we will talk to you next week.